Hi, and welcome to the Journey to a Dream podcast, where we take a glimpse into the life of a racer who's made it their ambition to come over here and compete on the Isle of Man. And it doesn't matter who we talk to, the ambition is the same, but the journey to get there is always slightly different. My name is Brendan Ryan. Um, I'm from Carlow in the southeast of Ireland. My journey for Manx Grand Prix is a bit of a strange one. Um, probably wasn't really on my radar for a long time. Um, would have been around the, the Irish national road scene, but I've never competed at Irish national roads. I'm a bit of an anomaly that way as an Irish rider. I've not done Irish road racing, but would have been there as, as, in, uh, as a mechanic. Um, would have helped out. A friend of mine would have borrowed my bike for some of the national roads, but it, they never really appealed to me. Um, but I started coming over to TT in... Um, I think 15 was my first year over TT. Uh, a friend of mine has a yacht and he said we'd sail over for the fun and that didn't end well. I'd get seasick in the bath. So it was, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, but we came over, I flew over after I met them over here and um, yeah, we had a great great couple of days and um, I've been back for TT pretty much every year since TT or Grand Prix or both actually. Um, did a parade lap here in 19 and after the parade lap thought kind of, you know, I'll do the parade lap, that'd be a bit fun, you know, get out. Um, ride to TT course close roads yeah brilliant and uh, kind of when I finished that parade lap I kind of came back in and said oh you know I, I you know I really I'd like to do this again <laughs> and uh, yeah I think the mission started in 19 to, to get to here and where we are now so uh yeah, here we are. <laughs> I love the fact you thought maybe the parade lap would get it out of your system. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't even that. It was part of my system. It was kind of, um, it wasn't until after the parade lap that I'd actually really looked into doing it because I'd always thought because I hadn't done Irish roads, I wouldn't be able to do it. And then kind of the more I looked into it, I went, wait, now, hold on. You, you know, if you live in the UK, you can't do Irish roads. Well, you can, but most people don't. So I said, how do we do this? There must be a way to do this. So um, looked into it. Yeah. And here we are. So not done the Irish road racing obviously a firm interest in bikes I'm, I'm guessing from a very early age um, there's no bikes in my family I'm, I'm a bit of an oddball that way I'm the only one in, in the family with bikes uh, the only one who races um, and definitely the only one here so where did it come from then um, kind of met a guy in secondary school I suppose um, and uh, he always had bikes and because I grew up on a farm he was uh, we had welders and stuff so we could fix things when they're broken and uh, I'd done a bit of messing about on bikes for him and uh then it kind of yeah there was one left in my shed for a while and we kind of get looking at it and, yeah, that, yeah, get, get, I have, a me- have a me- interest in mechanical things kind of spiralled from that and then got a road bike to commute to work and then that kind of escalated to bigger and faster road bikes and then that got a bit scary and a few little bits and pieces ended up with a couple of bikes in the shed and said yeah we'll do track day you know and kind of went from there that was way back in 2002 2003 it's been a long time so if there's no bikes in the family what was the reaction from your close family to this wasn't uh initially yeah my my parents just yeah no bikes no not good uh they struggled with me riding bikes on the road even as to commute and then the conversation about going racing but i suppose then racing became normalized because it was what brendan did and because i've been doing it so long but then to come over here was to come over to spectate you know they kind of understood that but then you know to kind of announce you know the parade lap that kind of raised a few eyebrows and then basically didn't really have that much of a conversation with them about my wife we, we, we spoke a lot about the parade lap and we spoke a lot about entering the Max Grand Prix before it was ever before there was ever any paperwork sent in it was we'd, we'd sat down and had a good chat about it like but um, yeah my, my family we didn't talk that a lot much about it until I sent them an email to say, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. We would have watched TT in the house at home when we were kids. It would have been on TV, and um, yeah, it was it was always 
a thing that we would have watched as a family, even though it was, you know, it wouldn't have been particularly of one of those, like F1 was always on, and when the TT was on, we'd watch it, but it wasn't, um, it wouldn't have been on any of the family's radar to do it now, or to, to spectate even, you know. Uh, none of my family have been to the island before. Um, actually have, my, sorry, my brother's been over, He's he, he holiday over here. Going back a few years ago, and Stephanie's wife came over on holiday. But Do you know, looking out the window today, why wouldn't you come here on a holiday? Yeah, well, it's fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two foot of visibility. <laughs> Don't worry about that; it'll be fine at MGP. So there is that perception, and I know, having not grown up in, in a bike orientated family, there is still the perception that road racing is almost in an Irish person's blood because it is. It's really, it's really important there. It's it's very much an Irish thing. Yeah, um, and like in fairness when I was going to the Irish road races as a mechanic it felt like it was the most important thing in the world to most of the people there to me it was good fun I enjoyed it and the guys I was working with and um, they were good fun and I enjoyed being around them and they were, they were good riders good, really good riders and there was a great camaraderie in the paddock it was good fun like and, and that would have been around the time Michael Sweeney would have been starting going and uh, Andy Farrell and all those guys who would have done well over here like they all would have been around that era starting off when I was in the paddock with a couple of guys from Faheen Club um, Alan Dwyer and James Cooney and John Walsh down there those guys would have been I kind of hung around with those. They kind of started circuit racing around the same time as I did. And uh, James Cooney went on to use my 250 for a few of the roads and I kind of helped him out a bit along the way. But um, I just enjoyed being around the lads. They were good fun. Like, and there was always a bit of fun in the paddock, a few pints had in the pubs. And I was under no pressure other than to have the bikes right. It was it was, it was was a holiday for me. Like, But um, the appeal of sending seven, eight bikes into a, a, a corner that's five foot wide didn't appeal to me. You know, Even on a short circuit, I'm very comfortable in qualifying when I'm on my own it's when I'm most comfortable on a bike when I'm fastest on a bike when I have nobody near me so that's the appeal to be on the island it's 37 miles to yourself you know you're not racing anybody else if somebody passes you they've already got 10 seconds on you wave bye bye to them and let them go do their thing and you do your thing and you know that's why that's what I love about this place you know and I guess you've got a really unique insight having been a mechanic and seen it from that point of view and I wonder how does that help or does it help you at all when you're actually on the bike yourself having that understanding of what the people around you, your team are going through um, I do most of my own work anyway so it's probably it's given me a good insight over the years I suppose as to what's needed to prepare a bike and the stuff that the stuff that goes wrong that nobody expects to go wrong it's always the most bizarre things that you kind of think how did that happen you know what's the most bizarre thing that's happened to you not happened to me but I remember one of one of James's bikes had a problem with the throttle sticking open which was on a, on a super bike actually remember that and that was a, that was a big one and we had to figure out what what was causing this like and I didn't know that bike it was his own and so we had to take a bike apart we didn't know and just try see what was actually happening but I'm glad I didn't have that experience but yeah it was it was an interesting one to find a problem and get it and try sort it and make sure it didn't happen again you know for the MGP this year obviously you do need a, a team of people around you who have you got with you um it's um it's a bit tricky at the minute um I have a couple of people that I have in mind and they're, they're just under pressure to just confirm at the minute so it's I'm, that's all a little bit still up in the air um yeah that's a little bit up in the air still it's okay you got loads of time yeah, seven weeks. It's fine. <laughs> um, I just want to go back to then to 2019. You did that parade lap, and you and you thought actually I want to to race the MGP for real. How did you find the process of entering, finding out what you needed to do, where the support would be? Um, in fairness, the MGP club are fantastic. Um, my first 
protocol probably should have been the MGP club which, which it wasn't I kind of sat down and started I, I, read, I read the regulations um, in my later years racing I've gotten very good at reading regulations because I've gotten caught by them a few times so I now read them I now know them um, and it was kind of funny on the newcomers weekend I think I was probably the only newcomer who had read them yeah and when, when I read those I kind of started to figure out what licenses I needed and what needed to get the licenses and stuff like that but um I should have just got in contact with the club. The club are fantastic. Um, any any query we have, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, got in contact with Heather in the Manchester Grand Prix office there um, Monday or Tuesday to say I was coming over and could she arrange a co- rider coach. And yeah, we had, we had a lap with one of the travelling marshals yesterday. It was, you know, and it's just arranged. They, they just want to encourage people. They want to help people any which way they can. And uh, yeah, it's just a great support network, really. And when did you find out that you actually had a place for the MGP? Um, that was... It's. It was in April, sometime in April, I think. I, c- I can remember where I was. I was where in the of a field, and um, <laughs> I got the email, and then couldn't talk for an hour. But um, yeah, it um, because because of COVID and the changes in the class. Because I had entered, I'd originally in 2019 went off and bought a 400 cc bike to do the MGP on top. This is the perfect bike for it. Um, and then they changed the classes when it came back in. Uh, came back last year and the 400 class no longer was part of it I was I was so distraught last year and um, it um, I kind of just sent off an email at the beginning of this year just said look keep me in mind and if they decide to bring back the 400 class I've got one it's ready and um, I've got a couple of other bikes that I could have gotten ready um, but then I got news 400s were back and so I was like oh yeah brilliant perfect um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of, each way along the way, I kind of got the email to say I've been accepted for the Newcomers Weekend, and that was one of those kind of goosebump moments. I was kind of, is this actually really happening now? And then kind of, until I had an entry, I hadn't an entry, now I have an entry. But until I sat on Glencrutchery Road, I'm not here. I've, I've kind of departmentalised everything, and it's, until I'm starting, I'm not starting. You know, I, I kind of have to manage every little bit along the way. It's a bit of a weird thing, but... Yeah, and you mentioned obviously before you made this decision, you and your wife had a, a really good talk about it. How did she take the fact that you'd been accepted? Um, she all along, I felt that I was going to be accepted. Um, I didn't. I kind of, I, I'm not so much pessimistic, but until I've been accepted, I'm not accepted. But it didn't stop me planning. I had everything in place, but it was just I hadn't, I hadn't pulled the trigger to get everything really moving. But Sarah is, she's fantastic, really. Like she does not like motorbikes, at all. Um, I understand why she's 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 lost a couple of close friends and that, um, but she's been to the island a couple of times with me and um, really likes the island. loves loves the island man. loves the festival feeling that TT. She's been for TT once and for the Manx Grand Prix in nineteen. Really loves being here. Enjoys it. She understands why I want to do it, but the risks and she's just very aware of everything. And um, she was a, a, a f- an insurance broker before, so you know she. Uh, Nobody understands risk better than Sarah in life cover as well. Christ of all things. So yeah, she knows every. She knows all this stuff. Um, but uh, she's just been brilliant. That's incredible, really, isn't it? Given her own personal feelings, just not standing in your way. I suppose that's the, the epitome of true love in some ways, isn't it? <laughs> just accepting that sometimes yeah. a person has to do what he has to do. I think. Um, yeah, I I think she held my head together when I got told last year wasn't happening, and. Um, yeah, and you've got a very young family as yeah. well, so you're still at that stage where I'm guessing sleep is not something that happens a great deal. Sleep is not good. No, no. Um, yeah, sometimes I enjoy going away racing so I can get a sleep. 
um, I had off in the racetrack and yeah Sarah gets quite jealous when I go away and sleep for a weekend but um, yeah it's um, yeah the two kids Oshin and Fikra um, uh, Oshin's tree and Fikra's just seven months now so it's a busy house busy house but um, yeah they're, they're all coming over from Grand Prix so it'll be uh, it'll be fun How do you balance everything that you have to do from a race side with making sure that you're you're there for your family as well? It's not easy it's not easy um, uh, nights days and, and nights are busy in our house um, like I'm gone early in the morning I, I leave the house for, for work at 7am and I'm back six, half six in the evening so it's kind of back straight into bedtime routine and then kind of you know get smallies into bed and then try to get out of the shed by 7 or 8 o'clock and try to get something done and then back into bed for early morning the following morning and yeah and sometimes sleepless nights turn into the middle of it as well yeah, it's, not, it's not easy but um look it's it gets done you know and the kids are getting older it's, it's easier as they get older so you know it's not bad how would you feel about them being interested in bikes uh, i have no issue with them being interested in bikes um bikes have been really good to me and um i know it's a weird thing to say but i've got a really good network of friends that i've met through motorbikes which i would never have otherwise met and like people there are people who i could ring who will get me out of the biggest of holes just because they're mates you know what i mean and um yeah, uh, yeah. If if they could make friends like I've made through bikes, yeah, forever. Yeah, happy days. So it's great to have that support network. The other thing that you need to make this happen is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a subject that many people like talking about. And from the people that I've spoken to so far, particularly when you're sort of starting out doing MGP for the first time, there seems to be a real reluctance to to ask people to support you financially because it's something that you enjoy doing and and i don't know whether you you feel the same way that you don't really even like asking for money for sponsorship for support like that yeah i suppose uh, i had a degree of support when i started racing first but like when i started racing first racing was relatively affordable like i used to get race entries for 45 and 50 euros which was like it was it was good like and got plenty of track time and there was a couple of guys in the local pub who had helped me out and i really appreciated their help at the time but like once things moved on a little bit entries moved up um bikes changed and just the running costs it got to a point where and it was I was getting a couple of quid off these guys who were paying for race entries 50 60 quid or whatever but it really wasn't touching the sides when it came to the bills so i said look I, I felt bad kind of and these guys weren't getting a whole ton out of it do you know what I mean um, so I said look I'm just going to have to fund this myself if I want to do it and I, I kind of at the end of the day it was my hobby it was my fun like and it'd be like asking somebody that you knew for 50 quid so you could go to the pub you know it, it, it's, you know, and that's what I felt like undoubtedly coming over to the Manx Grand Prix is a very different prospect money wise because it's just such a big event and such a big procedure to get everything in place to lined up to do it like um yeah it's yeah one of those things i, I haven't added up the bills and i don't really want to i was just going to ask that question yeah no no <laughs> um yeah it's especially like we're bringing i bring the family over as well so it's, it's it's great to have them there and i wanted them to come over i wanted to have my wife and kids here um they're they're just everything to me as well but my my brother and his wife and a couple of their kids are coming over as well but we have a, a house rented so that's really a big expense but it's worth it to have those people around me and um i'll probably end up sleeping in the truck in the paddock but like it's it's still they'll be there i know i know they're close by it's reasonable like uh, entry fees are okay ferry costs are actually better than i thought as well so like it's 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 just about having i'm lucky to a degree that the bike that i have the little 400 honda um came with a whole lot of spares so i've got enough stuff to make 
lots of things so I'll have I'll have two spare engines with me that you know if I had if I was running a modern bike there's no way I could afford to do that you know but I, I had enough gear to put this together so uh, like I I have a lot of gear a lot of spares that's just not cost me a lot of money really um, but if I that's kind of why I was so downhearted last year when they'd gotten rid of the 400s because I knew there's no which way I could afford to go start again to build a 600 or if to go buy a super twin or, and have that level of spares for it you know um, hopefully I'll not need any of them but it's the Isle of Man you never know what you need here like and it's really interesting that's talking to, to many racers coming over here to race that's almost like the annual holiday yeah to the, well, it probably won't be that much of a holiday we're, like, we're here till Wednesday after so it'll be a holiday once it's over and done with um, it's, it's kind of more that we can't get ferries home but we'll, we'll it'll be nice to have some time when it's all over and done with um, but uh, yeah no, we we We've we've done a bit of holiday in, in the race truck last year. Actually, we just went off to campsite with the kids in, in the race truck, and it's it's pulling to a campsite with a seven and a half ton race truck. It gets some funny looks, but yeah, we you know we don't mind like. It's Do you know that's going to be brilliant when the kids get older though, because brilliant. walking around the paddock there is such a family feel, yeah. um, and you see the kids all running around and they grow up in that environment, and that there really is that sense of of belonging, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a great. Everybody looks after everybody. Really, it is. It's. It, it's just a friendly friendly place like and um that's that's probably one of the things that you, you take away especially from road racing and, and the irish national scene very much so like you, like kids who grow up in that paddock it's probably one of the best places you could ever grow up like everybody's everybody nearly turns into your parents when you're I like and i've just seen as as an external person at the time i had no kids at the time when i was at that like but yeah you just see it as being yeah it's, it's a it's a good place to be like and what is the day job for you? I work as um, I'm, I'm a qualified electrician, but I work in power networks, overhead net power networks, um, kind of installation of um, underground services and overhead networks and stuff. So. And again, sort of juggling that alongside doing everything else. I mean, it's yeah, I, I don't, I'm not surprised you're not sleeping. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think if I actually had a day of sleep, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Now it's um, yeah, it's yeah, it's work is busy as well. Yeah, but it's um, I enjoy it. Um, I kind of changed my role recently to um, a more manual labour kind of based thing because uh, I kind of I'm, I'm happier being out and about and in fresh air and doing a bit of good bit of driving lately. But it, uh, it's, just, it's good. Yeah, and I suppose being physical as well is really important because that's the other thing we tend to forget that actually to wrestle a bike around 37 and three quarter miles you do need to have a, a degree of fitness yeah it's a long way around here it's a long way around here um yeah i've been trying to do a bit but it's difficult it's difficult um to get the time um i'm, I'm lucky in that i live in um a really nice part of the world and there's there's a quite a big river just beside where i live and uh, there used to be um a towpath for horses and barges on it so i cycle that whenever i get a chance and it's it's lovely it's always and there's no cars and it's relatively flat but it's, it's still nice you know what I mean it's kind of a semi off road but yeah whenever I get a chance I can whenever I get the time I can and I do a bit of that but um, yeah definitely the physical bit and work helps it helps um, yeah I was office based up until Christmas and, and literally changed because of that because it just wasn't getting enough exercise really it's kind of a strange reason to change job but so as we've been speaking you have been over for a couple of days uh, got any ideas how many laps you've done we got Five in yesterday. We we got in yesterday afternoon, so we got um, we got we got three in when we got in straight away. Then did one with Travel and Marsh, and then we did one late last night, um, just before it got dark. And is that in a car on the bike? Higher car, higher right? Car. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's actually it's nice in the car because you can you can chat around through it, and it's yeah, and it's 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 good that it's been relatively close to TT because there's still plenty of tarmac around. So it's yeah, it's nice. 
as yet have you got any parts of the course we think I love that how is there not a part of the course yeah I think um, from the parade lap I, I think even uh, Quarry Bend sticks out to me um, I just like the flow of that it's so it's so fast and it's so just to change of direction there yeah I quite like that um, probably um the run through Glen Helen reminds me of a few sections of the road at home like I've kind of been doing that recently when I've been driving around the car and kind of been picking out corners on roads that I travel day to day with working and everywhere and I go, oh, that looks like a corner on the TT course and there's a couple that stick out there's a couple other, there's one like um, there's one that's just like the 13th um, on, on my way to New Ross I can, I can picture that and in terms of what success in this year's MGP is for you what would that look like? Um, success uh, uh, so far I can't is it a success already getting here is a success getting to the start line as we were ta- chatting last night I want like I've been everything has been incremental and it's uh, step by step so like my first goal is to get to the start line because that's not as far as I'm concerned that's not a given yet I've just got still got a good bit to do um, finish the newcomers lap that's because that messes everything up if you don't do that and then we'll see from there um it would be great to get to a finish at the end of the race and put the bike in the van and go for a beer um but yeah beyond that i have no expectations everybody is, has things they'd like to do but you can't um make assumptions here it's just one of these places where fiddly things just go wrong and like uh, hopefully none of those we'll hopefully have all those boxes ticked after the end of practice and have you been given any advice um we have plenty of support from the from the um from the Manchester Grand Prix club the newcomers uh, weekend well, we had walked through pit lane and all that that was really really good and that's always a great help like and especially we had um, a couple of guys with plenty of experience like uh, Colin Croft was there and he was talking about pit lane speed limits and stuff like that and Andy Grimshaw did some bike set up bits and pieces as well and like all that's been a great help you know there's there's a couple of little bits you, you can't beat the experience of the guys who have done it because you can make assumptions that oh this will work and then we were I had a question about fuel filler caps and stuff like that and Colin Croft said no, use a standard one why take the lock out of it you can open with a screwdriver and you just slam it closed you can't lose it whereas I've been thinking about getting the screw on ones and uh, yeah and it was when he made, said it it just made perfect sense uh, like so yeah that's what I've done you know it's little bits of information like that that make the whole thing come together you know and will you be back over before the MGP now no uh, well I will because I have to bring my truck over a week before I have to bring my week truck over on the 13th but um, between now and then I, I literally haven't time I have every, every weekend I have something on um, that's why I'm here midweek um, I had I had looked to come over I planned to come over on the 22nd of July but um, the guy who I used to spanner for is actually getting married so I kind of have to show up rude rude yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well look he's, he's dodged that bullet for long enough so I, I kind of have to make sure he does it this time but um, no it's, it's just busy busy yeah so yeah no this is this is it like what I'm, I'm actually quite happy after even you know the couple of laps we've done I'm at the point where I kind of need to do it on a bike now I would have had a good knowledge from coming over from TT and all that from doing all the laps on the road bike and just being around the course knowledge is relatively good but I just need to get going and I'm feeling at that point now um, And but looking forward to it and you just need to secure your team promise me you're going to do that uh, yeah I need to do that yeah well I've, I've texted them and emailed some of them last week and trying to get nail some of them down but yeah well, we'll get there yeah. if I asked you to put into words why you want to do this what is it specifically about racing here in the Isle of Man what's it all about would you be able to do that I don't know can anybody do that um, I've been thinking about this because uh, I've been asked it a couple of times I think the only way I can describe it is I can describe what it feels like when I was told I couldn't do it if that makes sense and I soaked for about six months because 
that was just I was devastated and I don't know how that translates into how I feel about but I know what it feels like if I've been told I can't do it I'm really looking forward to it like it's, it's the most iconic place in the world the island itself is absolutely fabulous we were driving around yesterday and the scenery and just it's just something else and the enthusiasm for racing here among all the club officials amongst amongst the general public here it's, it's just amazing like so why wouldn't you want to race here it's just it is and 37 miles of a road one way with somebody with a flag to tell you there's nothing around the corner on your own yeah what isn't there to love Brendan thank you so much for talking to us we cannot wait to see you on that start line and catch up with how you do cheers Beth. thanks a million Brendan Ryan and fingers crossed that he does manage a full night's sleep before the MGP comes around. As ever, if you've been listening to Brendan's story and you'd like to tell your own, I would love to hear from you. Beth Esby at manxradio.com is the email address. You can also find the link on the Journey to a Dream podcast page. Until next time, take care.